This episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast is brought to you by Kickstarter. Kickstart your pre-PT journey with all the basic essentials you need in order to get accepted into physical therapy school now. Kickstarter includes 15 video lessons to kickstart your application process. We cover all the basic fundamentals to set yourself apart from your competition and stand out. Highlights from the Kickstarter program include the perfect fit method, winning academics, a three-part interview series, five steps to the perfect letter of recommendation, and even PTCast hacks and much, much more. To find out more about PrePT Grind's Kickstarter program, visit us at www.preptgrind.com. www.preptgrind.com. Enjoy the episode. Yo, what is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This is where we help you decide, prepare, and transform into becoming not just the best DPT student you can be, but the best future physical therapist you can be as well, just like our special guest on this episode, Dr. Fitzherbert Harry. This guy, well, first of all, first question before I go any deeper, are you going to SSPT Live 2019? I plan to, so I'll see you guys there, hopefully, yep. Yes, let's go. There we go. There we go, that's what I'm talking about. So if you guys are listening to this now or some weeks in the future, hopefully it's not after May, uh, Memorial Day 2019, but if so, just go to 2020 or 21, any year after that, uh, and we hope to meet you all in person at Smart Success PT Live 2019, 20, whatever the year is, be there, because we'll be there as well so you don't want to miss it but a pleasure to have you on this episode of the pre-pt grind podcast dr harry uh excited to to hear more about your story and hear about where you are now and, and all your successes and future goals so let's get to it i'm excited well thanks for having me yes of course we are so glad that you decided to come on and just share your story so as many people get started in their career with physical therapy so like what led you to get there? So how and why did you end up choosing physical therapy out of all the things that you could have chose to do, like as a life career, why did you choose PT? Well, it's funny. When I was in school, I, I was playing basketball. So I always knew I wanted to be in the biology field and the medical field and the sports realm. Um, so when I went to college undergrad, I had no idea what I wanted to be. I had no clue. So I was on a basketball team. I played um, college basketball. And I remember um, we were playing against a Puerto Rican team. And it was a fast break. The guy went for a layup. I went to block a shot. And my thumb got like jammed between the rim and the backboard. So it got really swollen. It was big. I couldn't move it. But I didn't know any better back then. So I just like taped it up. Um, it, felt, it felt okay. And I kept playing basketball. So for months, I couldn't move it. It was all swollen. So one day, um, a physical therapist, he was um, one of my friends. Actually, he was the team manager. He said, hey, you know, come to my office. Let me check your thumb out. So I said, okay. So I came to the office. You know, he did some, some adhesion, some adhesion breakage, some Scottish releases, different things. And all of a sudden, I could move my thumbs again. Wow. <laughs> of course, it took um, a while, but it was all better. So I thought to myself, well, you know, this would be a cool field. And that's what really got me into the field of physical therapy. Okay. And still, like, how old were you, uh, like, when this revelation started happening to this, you? This was, I was about 20 years old when this happened. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, with my, my second year in college. Yeah. And then, so as a 20 year old, you're like, okay, I want to do PT. So what uh -huh. was like the first step that you took once you realized you wanted to do PT to propel your journey to getting into PT school? Well, I'll tell you things that I, that I did incorrectly first. So okay. uh, when, I, when I first got into, so I'll give you a, a quick background, like a quick background and a fast forward. When I was in elementary school, I was always the, trying to be the top student, like be the A student or the, you know, the top two or three students in the class. I was always striving to go forward. Um, my mom passed away when I was 12 years old and it was sudden. So she was healthy, you know, I was eating right, exercising. She felt sick on Friday and passed away on Monday and she was like in her 40s. So it was very sudden. Wow. And since then, I always thought that things should be handed to me. So mm -hmm. since that point, I was in eighth grade at that point until like my third year of college, I would always settle for mediocrity. So I thought a C was okay. If I got a C in a class, I was happy because for me, that's average. I wanted to be average. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I remember that even through college, I wouldn't really study. I, all I cared was, was about basketball. That's all I cared about. So I would play basketball in the morning. Then I'd go class all sweaty, <laughs> dripping with sweat. Then I would leave class go and play some more basketball. And at this point, I had no pens, no paper, and like nothing for class. I was unprepared. But I didn't mind. For me, it was, it was normal. So to fast forward, uh, in my second year, um, I went to my advisor, you know, undergraduate advisors. So she said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a doctor. She's like, well, you will never become a doctor. And I think at that point, that's when it really turned me around and said, you know what, I got to take schools more seriously. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember doing a lot of volunteering with the same, the same physical therapist. I went to his um, office. I would volunteer as much as I can to learn as much as, as I could of, of the profession. Um, I would always stay focused in my classes. And while doing this, I had a part-time job. I was taking overloads because my GPA, my GPA was so low at that point as well. My GPA was uh, in my second year when I first started before I got this turn, it was like a 1.8. It was like, yeah like in the gutter so yeah it was bad and you know i, I never like really shared a story because i was so embarrassed at the, at the time but it was really low so i started taking school seriously um i said you know volunteering um taking overloads and i was on a dean's list every single year after my second year it was and it's, it's hard work like i tell anybody i am no i am no smarter than anybody else i just work okay. hard it is really work hard so afterwards what i did was um I would volunteer at the, at the clinic, as I said, and I kept doing that throughout um, all the years until I graduated. And even after I graduated, I would continue volunteering. When your advisor was like, you're not going to be a doctor with these mm -hmm. grades, like, I'm sure that a lot of people who may have like a lower GPA may have heard that from whether it be advisors or teachers, but mm -hmm. there are so many success stories like yours who have recovered from having a lower GPA to achieving like your dream of being a PT. So like in that like grind of trying to raise up your GPA or do whatever that you needed to do to set yourself up to make yourself an applicant for PT school, like what mm -hmm. motivated you to continue that grind? See, for me, I think I'm a different kind of person. You know mm -hmm. how some people get motivated by, oh, great job and those kind of things. For right. me, you tell me I can do something that like really motivates me. Like to you're gonna prove them wrong. I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna show you that I can do it. 
You know, right. um, one thing that I did was, and I think Casey saw this, I have my rejection letter still after all these years. So that's back from 2011 or 2010, so eight years ago. And I still have all the rejection letters, like nice. They look like almost brand new. Because for me, those, that was my motivation. Like anytime I read those things, I say, you know what? I'm going to prove all these guys who did not accept me. I'm going to prove them wrong. So after I graduated, graduated from college, I was, I was feeling myself a little bit, like feeling really confident. Like, yeah, you know, I have a great, you know, I, I'm on a dean's list all these years. I'm taking all these hard classes. We had orals for biology. I got a high pass. I was one of two students to get a high pass. So I was kind of feeling myself a little bit. So I applied to, I applied to one school. I say, I say, you know what? I'm going to apply to one school. I'm going to get in because I'm awesome. And I remember getting that, that first rejection letter. That was back in 2009. 2009. That was my first rejection letter that I got. One thing I recommend for people not to do, like under, like you know, new grads, is after undergrad, don't just go for the first full-time job you see, because once you start seeing money, it's gonna it's gonna change your whole perspective. So I remember I told myself I'm gonna work. When I got my first job, I was getting paid twenty five thousand dollars a year, which mm-hmm. you know is that much. But to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my I'm gonna paycheck. I like right. this. Right. So, That's a lot of money coming out of undergrad, not having exactly. worked a whole bunch. So Exactly. Not having work. I mean, I did, like, you know, part-time jobs here and there. But, I mean, to me, when I heard $25,000, i am like, this is all my money? Yeah, I want that. So, I remember I was a teacher. So, I taught middle school and um, high school, um, biology and math. So, that one year turned to three years. So, in those three years, I just kept working and, you know, not really taking – like, the second year, I didn't apply to any schools. And then my third year, I finally said, you know what? I don't want to do this all my life. I really want to become a physical therapist. And I remember a professor at the school. He was a doctor, Dr. Peters. He told me, he, um, I asked him what his goals were. He said one thing that he told himself is by age, he gave me an age, I think like 35, he wanted to have his doctorate. So I told myself, you know what? I want to start setting goals. And I think that's very important to set goals for yourself. So I told myself before I become, before I turn 30 years old, I want to have my, my doctorate. Mm-hmm. And I applied to about maybe 20 schools. I applied to a whole lot of schools. Because after the first rejection, I said, you know what? I am going to get into a school. Right, right. And of course, in my case, my GPA was, like when I graduated, even though I was getting such good GPAs in the last few years, like through, between 3.8 and 3.9, like it was 3.7 and 3.9, it was really high. It was so low in my first two years that it only went to a 3.1, my overall GPA. The average for some um, for the students in my class, they were about 3.7. Their overall, like between 3.5 and 3.7. Well, I played tons of schools, and I kept getting rejection letter after rejection letter after rejection letter. If it wasn't a rejection letter, I got a phone call. If it wasn't a phone call, I got an email. And I got to the point where I knew what to expect. Like when I saw the email and it says, thanks, thank you so much for considering um, applying to, you know, XYZ school. I said, man, I got rejected. So I remember at one point I was about to give up. And then I got a letter from Hampton saying that I got accepted from the university and from the University of Miami. So I said, wait, really? I was in school and I was teaching science class at this point. So I remember I told the class to, you know, do some, I guess some kind of like random work today. I said, okay, go on do this. So I went outside went on the phone, I called him. I said, so I said, I'm accepted. He said, yeah, you're accepted. But I didn't believe them. So I kept over again, asked for the email. Like I, I wanted a, like an actual letter because I was so excited. So yeah, I finally got accepted. And yeah, that's why I got into school. I asked, I got a letter of recommendation from the physical therapist, from my same mentor, because 
when she saw my change, she could really have written about that, you know? I, I see. Her, um, and I think one from the same guy who's a doctor in the school. So I, I have a question. So did you, did you apply to school while you were still in the Virgin Islands? Were you an international yeah. applicant? Can you walk, kind of walk us through that and how that worked? Or when? Yeah, actually, so St. Thomas is not international. St. Thomas is actually um, the U.S. Virgin Islands. So quick history, Denmark, um, we, the U.S. bought us from Denmark for $25 million in gold back in the 1800s. So we're actually U.S. citizens. So it wasn't really international. Um, if you do want to apply internationally, I'm not too sure what the process would be, but a lot of international students, like from St. Kitts, Tortola, like different islands around the Virgin Islands, they would come to UVA for college. So once they did that, you know, they could apply um, from, that, from that aspect. And one thing I want to do is actually bring physical therapy back to the Virgin Islands because not many people are applying because even when I was in school, no one talked about physical therapy. Even my advisor had no idea. I had an advisor who was my physical therapy advisor. She had me going to the hospital and documenting on, on all of the patient histories, and that's it. Nothing about physical. Like they, they know nothing about it. So one of my goals was to try to bring it back and show people that, you know, even like create like a program for them in the college that they can actually get into, you know, see the feel of physical therapy. So the so, application is pretty standard. I went through PTCAS for, um, for my application. Okay, perfect, perfect. So if you're in the Caribbean and you were trying to apply to U.S. Physical Therapy School, make sure you fly over to the, uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Make sure it's the yes, U.S. Virgin Islands. Thomas. And then from there, you can just regularly apply to PTCAS, correct? And go through that whole process? I, I think, yeah, I, I think so, okay? I think once, once you have your... your um, some kind of citizenship or a green card. I really can't talk talk to the international aspect of it. I can I can more talk about like from St. Thomas from the U.S. Virgin Islands. So I would right. say to do that with the PTCAS and yeah, apply. Okay. Good, perfect. So so what? So let's talk about what you're doing now. We went through all your struggles. We went through the GPA. We went through uh, those so many rejection letters. Where are you now? And from where you came from, let's talk about how people who are where you are now can get there. Because a lot of times we get so clouded in PTCAS application, the essays, the GRE, and it's like, I'll never get out of this mess. I'll never get out of this whirlwind of, you know, applying to PT school. What does it even look on the, what does it look like on the other side, this whole physical therapy school thing? So what are you doing now? I just saw you live on Facebook sweating and everything. So <laughs> Talk, talk to us about your goals and, and how you're killing it in PT now. Let them know. Well, I, will, I will tell you, at least from my experience, what you learn in PT school is, is not even the tip of the iceberg of what you can do once you graduate. I mean, the possibilities are endless. So right now what I'm doing is I have a, a business owner. I own my own, my own business. Um, it's Harry Physical Therapy and Wellness. It's a mobile physical therapy practice where I go to people's homes and I treat them. So pretty much I bring the clinic to the patients. I also do contract work with, with the hospital. My goal with my business is to get it big enough where I can hire um, occupational therapists, speech therapy, and more physical therapists. And then I'm going to step back a little bit and be more of the referral base. So when the referrals come to me, I will, I'm trying to have like different PTs in different areas. So for example, for Casey, he will have a 10-mile race around his house 
where you can see patients. And then for you, Z, you, you will have like a 10-minute around your house where you can see patients. And that's my ultimate goal, just to, just to get the business up to that point where it can sustain itself. Um, but right now, you know, it's going pretty well. I, I must say, when I compare this year to last year, this year to last year, it's like probably like more than 100% better than it was. That was hard work as well. Starting your own business is a lot of work. And it's oh, not yeah. for everybody. If, if any of you, I'll show you for heard of GT and he talks a lot about, about what's, what's for you. Um, there's always something for somebody. And I think the biggest limitation to answer Casey's question is your mind. So we see the, the GRE scores and we see all the people doing such good things and we feel in ourselves that we can't do this, but we can. I mean, as I said, we limit ourselves by just thinking, thinking things, thinking about things too hard. And instead of thinking about things, you just got to go and do it, you know, just jump. I mean, the worst that can happen if you jump is you may fall, then just get back up, try again. And that's what I did. And that's what I would tell anybody. Just, just try don't 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 let social media or or television like fool you because a lot of times when you see these successful people on television and on the media they make it look so easy because all you're seeing is the good part all you're seeing is the finished cake you know you don't right. see the, the beating of the eggs and the, the measuring the flour and the mixing and all the hard work so don't let it fool you and make make you think that you can't do it and if i if i can do it anybody can do it that's why I always tell anybody that I'm no, I'm, I'm nobody super special. I just work hard. You can do it too. Let's talk about work a little bit more, because I actually love that you say that. Because a lot mm -hmm. of people really, you you hit the nail on the head. It takes a lot of work to do a lot of things that people want to, especially mm -hmm. in the PT school. With, you know, that's what this podcast is about. So taking a step back to the questions we were asking asking you earlier how you talked about that it took a lot of work to get your mm -hmm. GPA up and apply and and get those rejection letters and ultimately get in can you mm -hmm. go deeper can you go deeper into that dirt with how much work it took i don't care okay. if you go into how many hours you were putting into studying how many hours you had to work what kind of work and effort did you have to do to get into PT okay so first of all my 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 first step to get a PT school was to get my GPA up. That was the first step. So doing to get that done, I mean, like when I tell you hours of studying, I remember um, one time me and one of my friends, we actually went to a classroom, like jarred the window open, climbed through the window and was there all night. Like we had a test the next day, we were studying for 24 hours. I mean, like literally studied the entire time until it was time, until it was, you know, the sun started coming out. To get ready for all tests. So I mean, like, I have never pulled all-nighters until that point. And I pull about two or three all-nighters just studying hard and grinding. And it doesn't mean that you, you can't have fun. I mean, I still have fun in school. But when it came to, like, doing my work, I would set a time and say, you know what, this is my time to study. This is my time to do my work. I would take my phone. I, I, I would turn my phone off. So back, you know, back in the day, we... We didn't have these nice advanced phones. We had the little flip phone. So I'll pull the battery out. I just put my phone down and say, you know what? I'm not going to get distracted. I'll just like focus and just be laser guided and studying. Any test I had, any, um, any assignment, that was my focus at that point. So I told myself, this is what I got to focus on. And people say that, you know, um, procrastinating, procrastinating is a good thing. It really isn't. 
if you can procrastinate and do a good job, you can do an even better job if you don't procrastinate. I think we just have a mindset where we think that just because we are procrastinating and then it's like a precious situation that we're going to do a better job. If you just get that mindset from the very get-go, you'll do an even better job. So that's what I try to do. I try not to procrastinate. And then also I surround myself with like-minded people as well. So it's very hard when you have friends like, um, I'm not sure if you guys know what Domino's is, but that's very popular in the Virgin Islands, game Domino's and, and basketball too. I would separate myself from those friends and get more of the nerdy friends that they, they would call them, you know, and just stick, stick with those guys. Because even though they were nerds and you see them now, they're successful too. So I just, I just stuck with them and just focused on just studying. When it came to applying to school as well, one thing that I did was I looked at other physical therapists, like my, um, my mentor, the one, he, he also had a, low, a lower grade in school. He said, just keep applying, just keep trying. So it's good to have a mentor and have like-minded people around you when it comes to um, getting ready for PT school or trying to get into PT school. And, and it takes work. Not, nothing, nothing comes easy. Life is not going to just hand you something. I mean, people think that just because you had a disaster, like my mom passing away, or you had some kind of traumatic event that life will give you things, life will not give, just give you anything. You got to work towards it. And I find that the more I gave and the more I worked, the more I got back. So, so yeah, just find like-minded people, probably get a good mentor. Yeah, that's literally so true. Like what you said about procrastination, because I used to have a bad habit of like procrastinating Mm -hmm. and to put in the perspective, like, okay, you procrastinate and you do well, like, oh my gosh, I guess I don't need to study. But to think like, wow, if I didn't procrastinate, rather than missing, say, three questions, I wouldn't have missed any like on a test, mm-hmm. for example. So that's like really good advice. <laughs> that's like it's, really it's, good. It's all a mindset. And I thought to yeah. myself, when I was a procrastinator, I thought mm-hmm. to myself, well, you know, I work good under pressure. Right? That's, a, that's, a, that's a false connotation. You, I mean, if you put that same mindset that you had when you're procrastinating towards your work all the time, you would do even better. I mean, I, I, I'll see it myself. That's the one thing I wish that my younger self knew, that procrastinating is, is not is not great you know so like bouncing off of that actually thinking of your younger self Mm -hmm. you as you are today Mm -hmm. and then looking back as a pre-pt your younger self as a pre-pt and you being a physical therapist now what advice would you give i would say take my twenty-five thousand dollars and put it on amazon (laughs) that's what i would do (laughs) but seriously what what i would do is i would tell i would tell my younger self to not let not limit my don't limit yourself mm. i mean that to me that's the main and i'll say that over and over again i mean even starting my business i was afraid because i'll see other people doing their business and i say oh my gosh they are so good but you can do it too it's, it's all a mindset it really is i mean nobody can limit you but yourself you can do anything you put your mind to no matter how hard it is i actually um so on my Facebook page on Mondays, I put a little bit of motivational um, mm-hmm. thing. And I found one with like all the stars, like Bill Gates, you know, Kanye West, when he was Kanye West, um, Oprah, Einstein. And all these guys failed. I mean, to, to us, they're famous, but they failed. I think Einstein failed 10,000 times, right? And they mm-hmm. asked him, how, make the light bulb. And they asked him, well, you failed 10,000 times. He said, no, I just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. And 
I will just, and I will find a way of how to, you know, how to do it. I found 10 things that won't work, so let me try something else. So I'll tell myself when you fail, just pick yourself up, find a good mentor, and surround yourself with like-minded people. That will be my, my three um, main tips of advice. Yeah, I, I totally agree about, like, mindset being such a huge thing. Because mm-hmm. even in PT school, like, I'm in my first, first quarter of mm-hmm. PT school, and like I've kind of picked up the hobby of reading self-development books and like I've always, I've always had like a bad habit of being super hard Mm -hmm. on yourself. I just feel like a lot of people who work towards getting a doctorate is always hard on themselves some kind of way. Mm -hmm. But, and I was reading a book called think and grow rich and it was talking about mindset. And yes, by Napoleon Mm -hmm. Hill, I always like get down on myself like being like, oh man, I did this, did that, and having like all these negative thoughts. And then you get mad at yourself for having negative thoughts in the first place. And then Mm -hmm. it's just like an ongoing cycle. Mm -hmm. And then like digging yourself in a hole. But Mm -hmm. then something that I read, it was like, okay, you're not going to stop yourself from thinking these negative thoughts. But the way to combat that is for every negative thought you have, replace it with something positive. Mm-hmm. So not like digging yourself in a hole, like, dang it, I am being like super critical, man, I'm doing it again. And then getting all down for the fact that you're doing it again, rather, okay, yes, I'm being critical of myself, but like, what did I do? Exactly. Good what did I do? Right. So I hear you when it comes to mindset, it's literally so important. And it sets you on a whole different trajectory. And a great book as well to read from Napoleon Hill is Out Within the Devil by Napoleon mm-hmm. Hill. That's also a very good book. Um, I read, I just finished the book and he was talking about the same, very similar thing. He was saying with every negative reaction, there's an equal or positive, uh, an equal positive reaction. So with every negative, there's something positive that can come out, come out of it. And what we got to do is instead of looking at failure as failure, look at failure as a learn experience, as something we can build upon. And exactly. That's the main thing I would tell any any pre PT student or somebody in their first year, just because you fail doesn't mean that that's the end of you. You mm-hmm. just learned that this is something that won't work. Let me try something else because something will work if you keep doing it. Something is going to work, and you're gonna you have your you have your breakthrough. You just gotta keep pushing. And so, prior to starting your program. Mm-hmm. What was the interview process like for you? So was it just sending in an app through PTCast or was it like that and an interview or that an interview and a video? What was it like? What did you have okay, to do? Okay, so for, for Hampton, well, for my, I'll say Miami first. I, I got um, to Miami too, well, the first round. So Miami, it was an um, application at that time, then a phone interview, then an in-person interview. Mm-hmm. For Miami, that's what it was. For Hampton, it was a phone interview um, that I that I had to do for Hampton. I see. So for Miami, unfortunately, I went. I passed the phone interview, the video interview on the phone. I mean, um, I went there for the interview, and I got to the second round. It was three rounds of three steps of interviews, and I I got kicked out on the second on the second set, unfortunately. So yeah, Hampton was just v, um, was just phone interview and the application itself. And yeah, nothing else really. Once you had all your prerequisites, that's all they really, on your volunteer hours, that's all they really wanted. If I had a school myself and I wanted my ideal applicant, I would want to do a, a personal interview as well because 
I want to make sure that not only you have good grades, but you are well-rounded. Mm-hmm. So physical therapy is not only about having a great GPA. It's also, also about interpersonal, interpersonal skills and communication skills. Because I said, a lot of times in school, all they show you is the injury and how they treat it. But you have so many factors. You have somebody who's coming to see you for the first time and they're putting, they, you, they are putting their body in your hands. So they're apprehensive. They're worried. They may be depressed. You may be the third or fourth person they, they see. Sure. So not only, when I, do my, when I do my evaluations for physical therapy, the first time I did evaluations, it was all like this. Like, okay, so when did the injury happen? What did you do? Why? Blah, blah. You know, going through all the steps that we learn in PT school. Now, my evaluations are more of a conversation. I, talk, I just talk to the patient. As we were talking, they sort of share their story. I get them comfortable. Because I've seen so many times when you don't get them comfortable, they won't trust you. And trust is the biggest thing you must have with patients. Mm. So if anybody's applying to school, I want to see how their communication skills are, um, how empathetic they can be. And of course, also good grades, you know, having decent grades on, on, your, on your core classes like anatomy, you know, physiology. And also, I want to see what else you are doing as well in terms of volunteering or any extracurricular activities as well. Because I don't want somebody who's just like this. I want somebody who's well-rounded. Now, now to close, we talked about failure earlier. And uh-huh. in, in terms of pre-PTs and PT school, you talked about your rejections. What, what are some of the biggest things you, you think you've learned from your PT school rejections and, and that time of failure for you since so many pre-PTs listening to this either have gone through it already or have an intense fear of not wanting to go through that, through that agony of being rejected from PT school. So what are the biggest things that you've learned uh, through that time you know, of, of failure in your, in your career? Well, I would say don't let rejection define you. Um, just because you got rejected doesn't mean that you are, that you are not good enough. Sometimes when they reject you because they, they have other applicants in their mind who they think are better. Remember, they, they don't know you as a person. They just know you from this paper that they read about you. They don't know who you really are. Uh, I would say just use it as, a, as I said, don't think of it as failure. Think of it as a learning experience. If, I, if they rejected me from this school, apply to another school. Keep applying. Just continue to apply to different schools over and over again. You know, just cast a wide net. It's like when you're dating, you know, you see this girl who you like or this guy who you like, and you ask them out, they say no. Are you just going to sit there and, you know, stay in a corner and cry? No, you, you may go in there and, tr- and try again, you know. Mm. Uh, it's, it's the same thing in, in um, for PT school. You just keep trying. You just keep um, going. And don't let it break your confidence down. You know, remember that you're awesome. Like, every single person in, in, in who is listening to this right now, you are awesome, you're amazing, and you can do it. Mm. It just takes the right person to, to, to find you and see how awesome you are. So keep on trying and keep on going. And when you get into one program, just go in there and shine. You know, just show them like, you know, they made the right choice that, that you can do this. And you fail once or 20 times, like, or if you get rejected once or 20 times like me, just keep on going. And honestly, if I got rejected from every single school, I was going to apply again. I was going to keep trying. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to let it stop me. If, I, if you have a goal in mind, don't let, don't let it stop you. Wow. Wow. That, that, that reminds me of a, of a saying, actually a couple of stories, but I'll keep it to a saying uh, about mm-hmm. rejection. And, and, and it's kind of like what you said. It's like when you're rejected from a situation or a person or something like that, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that you are not right for that situation or that school or that person. It just means that 
the person making that decision at that point in time, it wasn't right for them. Mm-hmm. So the exactly. person making that decision at that time, it necessarily wasn't right for them. Doesn't really have to do, sometimes it has nothing to do with you. No, not Maybe a thing. Maybe sometimes not it has everything thing. to do with that other person. So mm-hmm. that, just, that just brought it back to me uh, from what you were saying. And you hit that point home so, so hard. So I just wanted to reemphasize it and reiterate it because that is yeah. huge. A lot of times we internalize that failure. We internalize that rejection. Poor mm-hmm. me. What did they did? Why didn't they like me? Why this? Why that? Maybe it was, maybe it was just about them. But that's the biggest thing too. We, we, as you said, we tend to think that we are, this, we are horrible or we're just not good enough. And as you said, this person could have had a bad day and something in your, in your, in your resume triggered a bad, a bad memory. Oh, yeah, we don't, we don't need this person. Mm. You, never, you never know. Maybe they had a friend who was applying and, or a family member or, you know, or, you know something that, that, that could have happened where they chose somebody over you. And it could have been random. Maybe they had your name with, with three other names and just say, man, these are all good. Okay, I'll just take this one just randomly. So don't, we, we, we can't internalize it and, and, and bring, have it allow it to bring us down. You just got to keep on trying and keep on going because you know, you know you're good. It's just going to take one per- It just takes one person to give you that, that small little opportunity for you to go out there and show people how good you are. Mm. Mm. Man, you, you killed this. You dropped so many knowledge bombs, and I know plenty of pre-PTs are going to want to find you or reach out to you, ask you questions. So where can they do that? Where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Facebook under my name, Fitzherbert Harry, um, or my, my company, Harry Physical Therapy and Wellness. And for all the PPTs out there, I don't care who you are, reach out if you have to. Ask me any questions. Um, I, I welcome questions. A lot of times when I'm working, I have tons of messages from just fellow business owners, physical therapists, even some of my friends who have other friends who want to get into a program. And I just love helping because for me to get where I had to get to, I had, I had help, so I want to pay it forward. So if you have any questions, it can, be, it can be the dumbest question in your mind. I don't care. Just reach out and ask, what's the worst that can happen? I'll answer it. You know, I'll answer it. I'll give you a positive answer too. So just ask. Good stuff, man. Man, I appreciate you taking the time out of your, of your workout schedule, your busy schedule, changing people's lives, being Superman down there in Florida. Uh, so I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I look forward to, to meeting you at SSPT Live and all the other free PTs or PT students listening to this. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, for all our listeners, you can find us. You know where to find us, www.freeptgrind.com. If you can't find us, you're not looking hard enough. YouTube, Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, Facebook, uh, this podcast. Tell your friends, tell your, tell your family, share it out because we need to reach more pre-PTs to hear stories like this. So you guys heard it here. Enjoy this episode and all the episodes to come. If you missed any, go back and binge listen to all of them. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. See you next time. This episode of the Pre-PT Grind Podcast was brought to you by Kickstarter. Did you know that you are losing $75,000 to $100,000 in lost physical therapy income when you do not get accepted into physical therapy school? Now times that by two or three if it takes you two or three times to apply. 
If you do not want to lose $75 to $100,000 in lost physical therapy income by not getting into PT school, then you need to join Kickstarter. Kickstarter includes 15 video lessons to kickstart your application process. We cover the basic essentials to set yourself apart from your competition, to help you stand out, and to help you save $75,000 to $100,000. So get accepted, join Kickstarter, and find more information at www.preptgrind.com. See you on the next episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast.